You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. Well, I thought Foster Parents and I announced next week, he's like, no, no, it's this Friday the 26th. And I was like, what day is it? And turns out it's the 20th. So I'm a week behind on everything else, and so uh, we'll have to pay some bills. Um, and no, actually, Sarah pays all the bills. <laughs> you guys know I'm not that responsible. Uh, and so uh, we are going to get started. We are closing out our series on Psalms uh, this week, and I'm excited about this one. Um, if you will just pray with me as we go into this week. Oh, Lord, we just come to you right now with a moment of peace, a moment of silence. God, let your message uh, in this psalm, in Psalm 22, just speak to us. God, open our hearts and minds to this. Lord, if there is any sins that we've been carrying, remind us that those are washed away. And let us come with a pure heart, pure and righteous. God, we lift this up in your name. Amen. So this summer, we've been doing the Psalm series, right? We've been going through Psalms, and there's 150 of them. And at the start of this series, we had a reading plan. I don't know if some of you remember that. We had a bookmark, and we've been posting on social media every, every day uh, where we're at. And it's been about three chapters a day. And so some of you... This week, made it through the whole thing, right? You've been following along, you read faithfully every three chapters, and congratulations, you read the, the entire book of Psalms this summer. Way to go. Some of you uh, started off strong and then kind of tapered off. That would be the camp that I fell in. We got to, uh, we were even writing notes, and uh, I went and looked at the notebook this week, and we're about uh, Psalm 60-something, and then it's just empty. And so um, I'm just going to kind of rip up the back pages, light them on fire a little bit, like uh, burn the edge, and it'll look like, oh, I got caught in a fire, but trust me, I made it, kids. Um... And so some of you might have been there with me on that. And some of you, maybe you didn't even try. You never thought about it. Maybe you didn't even know about it. And hey, that's okay. Our next book, we start next week, is Titus. It's only 46 verses completely, all right? So there's a goal. Shoot for reading Titus next time, all right? Um, so, but we are looking at Psalms, and we've looked at uh, the different types of Psalms. All the Psalms are broken into Five main categories, a royal psalms, wisdom, thanksgiving, and so lament, uh, lamentations, laments, and uh, praise. And so we've looked at those different categories, but then there's one kind of subcategory that looks at several different of the, verse, of the psalms, and there are laments that have this, there are royal ones that have this, there are thanksgiving and praise, uh, there are wisdom, and those are messianic psalms. Of all the Psalms, uh, 25 of them have references to the Messiah, or prophecies, predictions, uh, comments that would then later be fulfilled. And so 25, one out of six of the Psalms reference the Messiah that would be to come, who was Jesus. And so that's what we're going to close out our series. Of all the things that we could be looking at, the book of Psalms, we're going to look at Jesus in the book of Psalms. Jesus said himself that the psalm spoke of him. In Luke 22, 24, it says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalms must be fulfilled. That there was the law of Moses that Jesus fulfilled the law and what the prophets had predicted, Jesus fulfilled that. 
And he includes the Psalms. That Jesus, all that was spoken of him in the book of Psalms was fulfilled by him. And so as we look at this book of Psalms, we're going to see that Jesus is throughout this book, throughout these Psalms. And Jesus even says of himself in one of the Psalms, uh, of one of the Psalms, in Mark 12, he says, David himself and the Holy Spirit declared, the Lord said to my Lord, sit in my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. And then Jesus goes and applies that Psalm from Psalm 110 to himself. Jesus saw this. So it's important for us to see this as well, that Jesus has come and fulfilled these Psalms. There are many Psalms, as I said, there's 25 of them that we could have looked at, but the one Psalm stands out in particular, a very messianic Psalm, and it's Psalm 22. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open it to Psalm 22 or your Psalm journals, bring up the app, whatever it would look like. We'll also have it on the screen, but but there's just something valuable about holding God's word in whatever form, electronic or paper. So, so bring that up, Psalm 22. This psalm, a lot of people have called the fifth gospel. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John that start the New Testament. And then they call Psalm 22 the fifth gospel. Because it's this illustrative of who Jesus was, of this time on the cross and of his resurrection. Other people say this is the psalm of the cross. Remember, this is written by David hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus. This is written by David, and, and while Peter calls David a prophet, and he was anointed, and the Holy Spirit was in him, it wasn't your traditional prophet like Jeremiah and Isaiah predicting the future. David, in all honesty, was probably writing the psalm of how he felt at the time about himself. And yet God has this amazing way to intertwine the messages of David and prophecy that the Holy Spirit was speaking through him of what was to come when Jesus walked the earth. And so we see the Psalm of David. It begins with a line that if you're familiar with the time on the cross, this will stand out. Uh, Psalm 22, verse 1 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Uh, if you're familiar with it, Jesus is on the cross and he cries out those very words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he's hanging on the cross. At the time of Jesus, the Psalms weren't numbered as we have it and you wouldn't say, hey, turn to Psalm 22 in your Bible. What they would do is recite the first verse of that chapter and it would elicit the entire chapter in their head. That the entire chapter, that the entire psalm would, would run through their head. And so by bringing up, as Jesus brings up on the cross, crying out the first verse of the psalm, he is bringing to attention everyone there, everyone watching him, everyone reading about it for the rest of time. He's bringing to their attention this psalm in its entirety. When he proclaims this first verse, he is bringing to attention this psalm is about to be fulfilled. The psalm of 20, Psalm 22 is going to be fulfilled at this moment. And I also believe there is a point that Jesus is crying out, God, where are you? As he stands on the cross and he has the sins of all mankind now pouring onto him, that he is now carrying that over his shoulders, that he has your sin and my sin. God, where are you? 
And so he brings the attention to this psalm while he hangs on the cross. Verse 2 continues, Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Jesus is crying out on this cross. And remember the night before, he's in the Garden of Eden, and he says, God, take this cup from me if you can, if it is your will. He's been crying out, and he finds no rest, no relief from this. As he hangs on a cross, as he sees the future of carrying all mankind's sins with him into torment, he's crying out, and he knows he'll find no rest. As we started this series on Psalms, we talked about looking at it with our heart. And it's a distinct way to view these psalms. So often when we read, we read with our head. We're trying to get knowledge. We're trying to accomplish something. Trying to be entertained, whatever that might be. As we read this psalm, read it with our heart. Picture Jesus crying out this psalm. Crying out, my God, why have you forsaken me? Crying out that I've cried out over and over and I do not feel relief. Imagine his heart. Because he didn't have to do any of that. Jesus didn't have to suffer, but he did, he did it so we didn't have to suffer with our sins. Jesus was delivered to death so we could be delivered from judgment. Open your heart and think about Jesus crying out this psalm. The psalm continues, verse 3. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. Then you cried and were, and were rescued. In you they trusted, and they were put, not put to shame. Jesus is talking about the people here, that they have cried out to God, and God has heard them, and he will deliver them, and they will not be put to shame. Why will we not be put to shame? Because our sin, our shame is now on Jesus Christ. It has been removed, as the Psalms say, as far as east is from the west. When he dies as the sacrificial lamb, as the perfect holy lamb, he takes that upon us. And he takes away our sins. We are now being part of this psalm. That we are not put to shame. That we are delivered from the sins. What a powerful psalm, right? This is a psalm that David is writing about how he feels at that time. And yet it's a psalm that the Holy Spirit is intertwining the story of Jesus on the cross. And yet it's a psalm that the Holy Spirit has also incorporated you and me, that we are delivered and not put to shame. And you'll see at the end, we're in this psalm all throughout. And so the psalm continues. And we're going to look at a few verses here. And I just want you to get a glimpse of why this is called the fifth gospel. As you see that these, uh, these verses from Psalm 22 are foreshadowing. They don't have the, always the exact detail, but you'll see what the details that are fulfilled. And at times there are verses that you say, how did they know? How is this predicted that Jesus, this would happen to Jesus? Let's look at this. Verse 7 and 8. It says, all who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he, he delights in him. So that is the psalm written hundreds of years before Luke 18 records. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. Luke 23, and the people stood by watching, but the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. 
see the comparison? Do you see this psalm written long before is the fifth gospel? It continues, Psalm 22, verse 12 and 13 says, Many bulls encompass him. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a raving and roaring, roaring lion. Look at that compared to Acts chapter 4. Speaking of this, for truly in this city, Jerusalem, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles of the people of Israel, that those gathered around him and attacked him. Psalm 22, verse 14, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within my breast. Compare that and see it fulfilled. Matthew 26, then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Luke 22, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Back to this psalm. Psalm 22, verse 15. My strength is dried up like a pot sheared, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. John 19, hanging on a cross. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill scripture, I thirst. Psalm 22, 16, it continues. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircle me, and they have pierced my hands and my feet. How specific can it be? Hundreds of years earlier. Mark 15 says, and it was the third hour when they crucified him, putting nails through his hands and his feet, hanging him on a cross. The psalm continues, verse 17 and 18. I count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divided my garments among them. For my clothing they cast lots. Then we see in Luke 23. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Look at this psalm. At Easter we read through the, the cross, the crucifixion scene. And whenever I'm preparing for my Easter message, I decide, am I going to camp out in Mark or Matthew, maybe Luke or John? But I've never thought about camping out in Psalm 22. I never thought about camping out in, in a prediction written hundreds of years before, but we see it so evident. Here is the story of the cross. Here is the fifth gospel in the book of Psalms. The psalm continues on. It starts as a lament, and as many of the lamenting psalms start, they cry out to God, and then they present their case, present the hardship, and then often at the end, it'll come around and sing praises to God and become a hymn of praise, and this is what we see in this Psalm 22. This is what we see in the cross, that it was death, and it was our sins, and it was dirty, and it was ugly, and it was miserable, and yet three days later, it becomes a hymn of praise that Jesus has risen, and our sins are forgiven. And so here we start making that transition. Verse 19 says, But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Jesus is facing our sin, our death, our destruction. And there's a cry out for God. This, I love that part. But you, O Lord. In the midst of the hardship, in the midst of the suffering that we've seen laid out throughout the psalm, but you, O Lord, you will deliver me. 
But you, O Lord, are the one that will save. But you, O Lord, will the one that will heal. And perhaps sometimes that will be a healing later on. That, that healing might be after we leave this earthly world. But you, O Lord, will heal. You, O Lord, will provide life for those that believe. As we face struggles, this could be our anthem. We face broken homes, but you, O Lord, face setbacks and pain and health issues, but you, O Lord, insurmountable odds, but you, O Lord. I shared uh, with Second Hour just briefly a couple weeks ago, and I want to share with you and uh, Kalina. And Kalina is a, a young wife. She's been on nebulizers, trying to see doctors. They couldn't figure it out. And it actually, she came to church two weeks ago, and she'd been suffering, hadn't hardly slept, and the asthma had gotten so bad that she didn't know what she was to do. Her mom had said, hey, just skip church this morning and just head to the doctor. She said, no, no, I want to go to church, then I'll go to the doctor. So she came here and put her little daughter in, in the child care and came to church, sitting here suffering, hardly able to breathe. We did a, a prayer experience. I don't know if you remember, but we, it was when we were just sitting back and spending a moment with God. It was the reflection when we had the lectio, and, and we were spending that moment with God right there. And I, we began, and I shared, Lord, I shared in your seat, and I had this all written out word for word to say, in your seat right now, take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath out. At that moment, Kalina, suffering from asthma, not been able to breathe for several weeks, attempted to take a deep breath, and she was able to do so, and she breathed it out, and that's right, amen, because from that moment, she felt relief. I know this sounds crazy, but at that moment, her asthma, the, the stuff that she'd been suffering with was gone. She was able to breathe, and she began to cry. Because the, the tears were running down, that she was able to breathe for the first time in weeks. The asthma was not hitting her anymore. The, the congestion was not there. And she was able to take that in. And she just sat in that chair and just crying because for the first time, she had relief in weeks. And the beautiful thing is, uh, when we'd been working on these prayer experiences, Sarah, my wife, had written that. The, the word for word, how to introduce this. And the, the part I'm not sharing is that Sarah did anything great in writing it. But the cool part is, four weeks ago... The Holy Spirit was guiding Sarah on the exact words that a young lady would need for an asthma attack a month later. How cool is that? Isn't that awesome? But you, oh Lord, are working four weeks in advance on the, bin, on the bending the words that would be needed for an asthma attack in a month from now. But you, oh Lord, provides. But you, oh Lord, brings healing. And so... As the fifth gospel continues, verse 21 says, Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. Here is the resurrection right there. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me. But you, O Lord, have rescued me. This is the salvation. This is where he has suffered all this that we saw throughout the Psalm 22. And here he has been saved. Here he is rescued. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. 
This is the story that we find out in the other Gospels. Mark chapter 16 says, And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You see Jesus, you see Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Look at that story, that story we're familiar with. They go and they see the tomb is empty and there's an angel and the angel says, go and tell. Now look back at Psalm 22. Verse 21 and 22 says, Save me from the mouth of lions. You have rescued me. He is no longer in the tomb. Verse 22 then says, I will tell of your names to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. The very first thing that the ladies do is go and proclaim his name. Tell it to the brothers. Tell it to the neighbors. This is what we should be doing with this excitement of who Jesus is and that he has saved us. That we are saved and our, our sins are washed away. But you, O oh Lord, came and took my sins and yours and wiped them clean. We are called to go and share this message. This message found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Psalm 22. The psalm continues, all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. And for, kings, for kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Something very similar, right? We see in Matthew and Mark and Luke. It says, go therefore, Jesus says, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. All the nations will proclaim who Jesus is. This beautiful psalm, as we close out the book of Psalms, these, these poems that have been written that speak to our heart, are we opening our heart to the gospel? We've opened our heart to praise, to thanksgiving. We had a week where we opened our heart to lamenting, of crying out to the Lord, are we opening our heart to the gospel, to the Messiah? The psalm concludes with, Prosperity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generations. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. What a powerful ending. He has done it. Is there a greater final ending for the story of the cross, for the story of the empty tomb, for the story of defeating Satan, defeating our sin, defeating our death, defeating destruction? He has done it. And this is where I said the Holy Spirit has entered wine. What David is writing about in with Jesus' story and then in with us today. Because you are listed in this verse. And they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to people yet unborn. When this was written, you were yet unborn. I was yet unborn. This is knowing that we will come and we will hear the word. We will hear the message of the gospel. That we are mentioned in here as the unborn. And we are the ones to proclaim. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness. 
this is the purpose of our life. Why are we here? For the glory of God. To go and proclaim. What are we to do with this psalm? That we are to go and say, but you, O Lord, and tell others, to tell our coworkers, our neighbors, to tell our family members, to tell that jerk that lives next door about Jesus. And to show him love, even if at times he doesn't seem like he deserves it. To go and reach out to the people that are ungodly, to reach out and share this gospel. You are mentioned in this psalm. The psalm of David is written about David's life at that moment. The psalm of David is written about Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection. The psalm of David, the Holy Spirit has made, is written about the year 2023, that you shall come and proclaim his righteousness. Who has God put on your heart to proclaim this to? That Sunday, Kalina was looking for me. And I don't remember where I was. I, I probably got lost, found a cookie or something. I don't know. But uh, it, four or five people was like, hey, did, did Kalina come see you? Because she just told us an amazing story. She told everyone that she could. She was crying tears as she, as she told everyone, Jesus has healed me. God has healed me. The next day, she sent me a text. She said, I can still breathe perfectly. And I said, and I said still, 24 hours later, she said, yeah. And she said, I told my mom, and my mom can't believe what's, what happened, but I'm still not suffering. The next week, I see her here at church. She was working in the nursery. I said, hey, how are you feeling? She's like, perfect. I haven't used my inhaler all week. I reached out to her this week, and she's traveling, and, and I was going to have her share, but she's out of town. And I said, how are you feeling? She said, I've been perfectly fine. I haven't had any problems. But you, oh Lord. He has done it. This is the message for us to go and proclaim. Are you willing? Jesus came and did what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to die for our sins. This was the plan from before time. And he was going to die for our sins and take our sins away now. Are we willing to do what we have been called to do? In this psalm, throughout the scripture, to go and tell others about Jesus. I can't think of a more fitting conclusion to this psalm than a moment of communion. We have communion stations around the room, and, and when you feel ready, I want to encourage you to get up and come grab communion and just spend this moment with God. To spend a moment with Jesus and thank Him for what He did on the cross. Thank you for the gospel. To spend a moment and find and relay, to reflect on the salvation you have. But you, O oh Lord, took away my sins. You have done it. And then, be so bold as to ask God to put someone on your heart. That you need to go and proclaim who Jesus is. What Jesus has done for you. And proclaim that this week. Maybe proclaim that today. And so, I'm going to pray and then dismiss us to the communion stations. If, you, if you'd like to come grab communion and spend a couple of minutes with Jesus. God, I thank you for this gospel. The gospel of Psalm 22. 
The gospel is the good news, and this is the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you that our sins are washed away, but you, O oh Lord, took our sins, and you finished. You have done it. And God, now I just pray, as we spend this time in communion with you, let us just meet you, be held by you, embrace you. And then God, I, I pray that you would guide us to who we need to proclaim about you. Lord, we lift this up in your name. Amen.